Yes, hello. I was wondering if you could play that song again. Hmm, which one, man? The one that goes beep, boop, boop, bop, boop, boop, beep. No, man, you're thinking of beep, boop, boop, bop, boop, boop, bop. And now for the number one song in Bikini Bottom, Electric Zoo. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, Auburn's premier home for student-run radio since 1971. I am your host, Jack Hart, alongside my color man, Davis Carroll, and joined by the illustrious Chris DeBias. We'd like to welcome in our listeners and viewers from across the Auburn Opelika Megaplex and around the world. However, you may be tuning in today, whether that be on your terrestrial radio antenna through the information superhighway on WEGLFM.com or tuning in after the fact, listening to our podcast, watching on Eagle Eye TV, or watching live now on YouTube. We are happy to have you here in the booth with us for Auburn's only student-run drive-time morning show. And now broadcasting live from the Bradley Basin WEGL studios in the Harold Melton Student Center on the campus of Auburn, Alabama, where it is a soggy 82 degrees outside this fine Tuesday morning on this final day of August. It's Compact Discourse. We wish you a most sincere buenos dias or a good old American good morning as we get on with the show. Davis, Chris, how are we doing this wet, wet, wet morning? I'm sopping wet, so take that as you will. I couldn't find my rain jacket in time. And the rain jacket I thought was going to be water resistant was not. So, as you can probably see, I'm quite drenched. Uh, I'm doing pretty fantastic. My jeans are dark in the front, light in the back. Upper body is dry thanks to my Walmart branded uh, um, jacket. That's not an endorsement of any kind. Just uh, kept me dry. All right. Well, as all three of the hosts today are... Sopping wet, the show must go on. In terms of the rain here this Tuesday morning, it is pouring rain outside at Auburn. But you know what we have to say to that here at Compact Discourse? We do not care. The show must go on, and we are ready to bring you a good one, as it is the three of us here today. We may have some more excitement throughout the show, as Jacob Hillman will probably be joining us to break down whatever the heck happened last night in the Chavez Ravine with Drew Smiley and the Braves, so stay tuned for that one. we got a lot of exciting stuff planned for you today, but at this point I would like to remind our audience that at any point in the next two hours you feel so inclined to ask a question, drop a hot take, or in the highly unlikely event that we get something wrong, go ahead and correct us. Call in at 334-844-9345, that's 334-844-WEGL. You can also shoot us a tweet at cdiscau, that's C-D-I-S-C-A-U. You and I'll probably be more likely to get to that one. Otherwise, our dedicated team of call screeners will have to handle your inquiry. And I think that responsibility falls on Davis today. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Everyone, what, what have you been doing since I last saw you uh, yesterday morning? Have you, have you been making it? How did you survive the tornado action that went on yesterday afternoon? Had some fun doing it. 
played some video games instead of you know bunkering down like we're I guess we're supposed to. But I uh, I was at work when the tornado warning went off, and we have like a little radio at the front desk of the Brown Copal Engineering Building, and that thing started going off, and it scared me and everyone in the building uh, because I didn't know what was going on. Was it like a tornado warning on the radio? Yeah, it was like a really loud siren comes from this little radio we have at the front desk, and everyone was looking at me. I didn't know what to do. (laughs) And then we all went down, followed protocol, went down into the uh, wind tunnels that we have in the basement, took shelter, and then we got the okay to head home. And then I had to double time all the way from Brown Copal back to my apartment because I walked to campus, and I was about 17 seconds from getting absolutely poured on. So I had to hustle back. Well, we are hoping everybody made it safe inside as the rain and the wind came through pretty fiercely yesterday evening at around between 4 and 7 p.m. It was pretty much pouring down rain. Wind was blowing, blowing extremely hard. I hope everyone was able to find a safe place. Luckily, no tornadoes touched down in the immediate vicinity of the university, but we thank everyone for playing along for the worst-case scenario and making things happen in order to prevent the worst outcome there. So we are continuing to track uh, now Tropical Storm Ida as it continues to move across the southeast. Looks like it has crossed over the eye of the storm, at least, has crossed over into the Tennessee area where it is moving from west to east across the volunteer state and continuing to sling bands of rainstorms east or west to east across Alabama. And that's what we're dealing with today as a big band of rain is heading towards the Georgia border and Auburn is sitting in its wake. So continuing to pour down rain outside, but we are nice and dry here in the WAGL studios. And we hope you are listening from a nice, warm, dry place as well as we move along with the show. We went to the gym this morning, fellas. 100%. Sure did. Did it feel good? It felt fantastic. Everyone should always try and find time to grind. Find time to do something physical. It always makes you have a much better day in my experience. You know, I try to uh, get out and run if I can't do anything else. It takes a half hour. It's a lot of fun, and it makes you feel a lot better than it does while you're doing it. Because while you're doing it, it doesn't feel great. But it's, it's, about, it's about the after. People forget that the hardest part is getting started. So, you know, if you're if you're thinking about, you know, getting started maybe tomorrow, maybe Monday, just do it. Do it. Do it today. Do it now. Get off the couch. Do it right now because there's no better time than now. Listen maybe, to the show maybe, first. Maybe, maybe yeah, finish the, show, finish the show. Wait for the rain to stop. Then go. Or use the show as a point of reference. Start working out at 8. Don't stop till 10. Could be a strategy. Every Every, like, 15 minutes we'll give you some... Motivation. Some more tips. Lift. Do it. Get it up. One more. One more. Rep it out. Get tired. Works your muscles out. It's like I'm sweating right now with all this water running down my face. All right. So moving quickly along to what else is going on in the world of Auburn University. Um, Auburn University has launched their diversity and inclusion and equity website. That is DEI. The um acronym that the university uses that is auburn.edu slash inclusion this website provides access to resources to current and prospective students as well as faculty staff parents and alumni of the student of the university rather 
The page was created to serve as a vehicle for the university's ongoing commitment to embracing all members of the Auburn family while making sure everyone feels welcome as students return to campus for the fall semester. So Auburn launches the new Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Resource Hub. So go ahead and check that out if you haven't already. That is auburn.edu slash inclusion. We've been doing some DEI work here at Weagle, and I think it's been very productive and eye-opening in terms of what we can learn about ourselves and each other through the lens of DEI. So great resource if you want to check that out. The university has put together a great program. Also, we have the new Auburn University PSA. I know um, these always kind of drop around Labor Day when the first football game happens that get um, put on TV during the football games. So Auburn will debut its 2021 PSA on the university's main Facebook page this Friday. It's going to be spotlighting Auburn's work in the three areas, focusing on cutting-edge technology and the university's upward and forward movement. I believe that's Excelsior in Latin. I wouldn't know. I've been thinking Latin since high school, so I wouldn't either. The BSA, titled, quote, In Auburn, will launch on Facebook at noon the following day. That's on Friday. It will debut to a national television audience during that September 4th opening football game versus Akron, which will air on ESPN Plus at 6 p.m., kickoff at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Do you guys remember the PSAs from the previous years? Um, I remember... PSAs, but what I remember the most is the hype videos once the the countdown would happen. And I'd actually like to to bring that up shortly because we're approaching on week one. I know we want to talk about the depth chart later on when it's more sports centric. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe we'll save it. But as far as long as we're talking about videos, that's what I remember. I remember the one from, I want to say, three years ago at this point during the Auburn Washington game that had kind of a. Uh, a, a glitter aesthetic it was like a it was when they were debuting it was during the whole new logo fiasco when they still had some hangings on of that and that the auburn logo was in a different font and it kind of got um, brought onto the screen with like tinkerbell fairy magic and uh it kind of followed around different auburn students doing different things including you know the classic holding the test tube shot and the flying the plane shot obviously because it's auburn and then the more recently it won with the, the, the rocket program being, be, the aerospace program being featured um, with, with the rocket launching. You know, pretty cool. The P- they, they know what they're doing over at the PSA department. They put together a good product. The people over at the, that do the Auburn videos, they're pretty fantastic at their job. The Auburn videos are always good. You always remember them, especially those hype videos. Those hype, the one from where it had, uh, oh, what was his name? The former running back. And then it like show all the big hits and stuff on beat. It was like last, or I guess it was two years ago. Then yeah, I was about to say I was actually gonna bring that one up. That one's awesome. My favorite Auburn hype video is the one from two years ago, where they were like in the locker room chilling, and they would have the really cool edits where they would like look at their phone. It'd be like their own highlights, yeah. like Derek Brown, absolutely leveling some dude from LSU or something. And then they had the Sal Canella catch. Uh, did they add the Sal Canella catch in the end zone? From the Washington game. And then I remember would, because the first game back to Jordan Hare Stadium the next week, they already had it loaded up. It would close. so quick. I remember the, the best part of it was when they would show the Seth Williams catch against Texas A&M his freshman year. When he would, uh, when he, the game winning touchdown, when he caught it, slammed down, full contact with the ground. Fantastic hype video. I have a hot take. I think the basketball hype videos. Those got me more hype. 
like the one where they're all in the locker room too, and they had like all the stuff around them, and then it showed their highlights. I like that one more. I don't. Re- I'll be honest. I don't remember the basketball ones as much. Jack, I know what you're talking about, Davis. When they had all the the, the newspaper clippings yeah, yeah, from yeah. the Final Four run, it was so cool. I remember when it was actually the Final Four run year. The hype video was like them working out in a dungeon with a bunch of fire what? and stuff. And they had like chains on like around their neck doing pull-ups and stuff, looking all buff. What year is that, 2019? 20, yeah, 2019, <coughs> I believe. Because I remember during the football season they would show that. And then everyone was super hyped for the basketball season because the year before we had made it to the tournament and then got kicked out by Clemson in the round of 16 when we got absolutely decimated by them by like 40 points or something. Well, we were fielding four and a half players, so it's understandable. Yeah, but I mean, it was still pretty, we were pretty excited, but we were not expecting, I don't think anyone was expecting a Final Four run, and anyone who says they were is lying to you, but it was a a very welcome surprise. Absolutely. So I do want to remind everybody that the trivia question from yesterday is still live. If you want to go over to our Twitter page and check out that Twitter um Twitter t- tweet from yesterday where I revealed the trivia question. Um, you can also listen to yesterday's podcast for some extra hints if you need it. Um, we're going to open up another trivia question uh, later in the show, but if you want to still get your last chance to answer the trivia question from yesterday, you can do so, and you will get a shout-out on the air. But we're going to preview what we're going to talk about later in the show. We got the Auburn football depth chart getting released yesterday i believe so that we're going to talk about that in the next segment and then later in the show we have a lot of other topics to get to including img academy playing a fake team on espn uh last friday gaming airing on sunday so we will get to all of that later in the show and then jacob hillman is going to come in at around 9 30 to break down what happened last night in los angeles with the atlanta braves Davis is probably going to sh- show off his awesome thrift store shirt. I might tell you a little of the story behind the hat I'm wearing today. This is all you can expect and so much more as Compact Discourse continues after a quick break. We will be right back. You are listening to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. I'm Jack Hart, joined by Davis Carroll and Chris Tobias. We will be right back after these messages. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. The high cam is working. I think so. Thank you for Chris to pointing me out that it had fallen and was not pointing at anybody except the floor. So got that straightened out. Hope you're watching on YouTube right now and seeing our beautiful faces, uh, soggy faces, as it is raining outside as we still see the effects of Tropical Storm Ida sending slinging rain across the state. And we were just dealing with it, you know? You just gotta You gotta take it. Nothing you can do about it. You just gotta overcome. If we check oh. Sorry, I'm still doing my intro. Sorry. If we check back in five hours, my hair's still gonna be wet. So you don't All right. come back. Tune in in five hours when we do the Davis's hair check in. 
All right, let's move on to a little bit of Auburn football. I know we are all excited about it. I was talking about this last night to you guys. I cannot believe that game day has come so soon. After last year, I kind of forgot how quickly it sneaks up on you in the fall semester because last year, if you'll remember, our game against Kentucky, the whiteout game, was not until September 20th, so almost a month later than it, or a little less than a month later than it usually is in the fall semester. So we are excited to have the Akron Zips visiting for the Jordan-Hare Stadium home opener. First time it's going to be at full capacity since the 2019 Iron Bowl. Yeah. And I think we all know how that one went. So we are excited to be back in, I don't want to say between the hedges because that's their thing, but I'm ready to see the hedges. All right. So. I, I mean, I'm a bit perplexed by this news bulletin from the university, so I want you to help you. I want you guys to help me parse through this. But uh, of course, I'm joined by Chris Tobias and Davis Carroll this fine Tuesday morning on this final day of August. So I'm going to get their take on what the university has issued this new statement. Um, but they say that 4,000 Tiger cards need to be provisioned by the first football game on September 4th. All students should immediately add their mobile Tiger card to a compatible iPhone or Android device to be able to enter all football games. Students will be required to have their mobile device provisioned with their Tiger card to enter Jordan-Hare Stadium. We all know this. It was the same deal for picking up your away game tickets. There's bulletins all over the campus, but I think it's a good public service to remind everybody that, yes, don't hold up the line. Your Tiger card does need to be in your Apple wallet, not just on the Git app. You know, I, I know it's it's easy. You can go to... You can go buy a coffee just with it on the Git app, scan the barcode. That's not going to cut it at the football game. It's got to be in the actual Apple wallet proper. So whether the student has the new or old physical Tiger card, they can and should provision their mobile device. Once students provision their mobile device, they will have access across campus except for vending machines. This is the statement coming from the university. If you have any questions about that, I would assume go to the Tiger card office in Foy Hall by the big auditorium or visit the link on the this year this week at AU email which came out yesterday afternoon. All right, I kind of think I know what this article is saying, but the word need is getting to me. What do they mean they need to be provisioned? It means if there's not 4000 tiger cards on phones, there's not going to be a football game. It's like it's canceled. They're going to cancel the game. Sorry Akron, you got to go home. We don't have enough tiger cards. Got to get it on your wallet. Pack it up. It takes like 7 seconds. It was really easy, yeah, truly. It, just do it. Um, I think they're saying that 4,000 Tiger cards still aren't. I feel like that's That seems a like a good number. number. It seems like a low number. How many students do we have at Auburn? That might be good, though. I think those 4,000 would be, like, seniors who wouldn't really care, I guess. I just feel like the majority of students – I just feel like there's not – only 4,000 people left that haven't done it. It's making me a bit nervous how much they want us to get it on the Apple Wallet. <laughs> what are they going to do to us? I don't know. Conspiracy. Like, are they going to send us to a camp? I don't <laughs> What's going to happen? All right. Obviously, just jokes. I in, do encourage you to get it on your Apple Wallet. It makes things a lot easier. It and really I, does. I want the line to move very swiftly on Saturday um, because as, as a veteran of the, of the basketball lines, when you get stuck in the stall with, with the people that don't know how Tiger cards work, it's very frustrating to to get there six hours early and then have people that just showed up run by you. Listen, those those basketball lines are crazy. Let me tell you something. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a quick story about lines and why you should definitely want them to go quickly. All right, so 
I, uh, as you can tell from my hat, I got the Auburn Army ROTC here on Turn the side. Turn your head a little bit more. There you go. I see it. Got the logo. So if you see this logo, that's War Eagle Battalion. War Eagle Battalion, Army ROTC. But we did a training. Uh, it was the year after the Final Four run. So basketball is very popular. And we had to have formation outside of the Nickel Center at like 0-3. And then 3, 3 a.m. for the civilians if, out there. If you're not familiar with the Nickel Center, it's uh, it's has the pillars right by the village, right when you're crossing from, uh, um, I don't know the name of the road. Donahue. Donahue, Donahue thank you. <laughs> I've been here four years, I don't know <laughs> it. But at 03 in the morning, 3 o'clock, 3 a.m., the line stretched all the way from the arena down to the front of the Nickel Center. So it was already like, 150 people long at 3 in the morning. I believe that was the Kentucky game. I think so as well. Because as as someone who was at the front of that line, I can tell you that that game was college game day, which was basically having two basketball games in the same day. I had to line up extra early for college game day and then leave college game day and then line up extra early for this 7 p.m. game at 3.30 in the afternoon. So... Needless to say, it was a long day for those of us super fans who wanted to see some Auburn basketball and that eventual win against Kentucky. I believe seventy to sixty-six, February first, two thousand twenty. Wow! Check it out. All right, I have a question about, about the football James? games. Go ahead, quick. Davis. Do we still need to have the COVID check-in, like the green, the green light for it? I do not believe. I feel like so. I heard maybe someone say that you don't. But I think I'm not that's sure. a that's a Jacob Hillman question. I'm going to ask him when he comes on the show. I haven't seen them pushing it as much this year. Yeah. So, But at the same time, I didn't see them pushing it hardly at all for the basketball games last year. I, I mean, I, I, after going for the first time to the first game I went to, I knew to have it. But I mean, when I went to the baseball game this spring, uh, they kind of surprised me with that. I, I completely forgot about the, the mobile check-in or the, the, the guide safe. But at the, they also haven't been pushing the guide safe at all or so. They've just moved it all to the self-reporting at the COVID center. Yes, Chris? Quick note, 75 to 66, uh, February you know, 1st, 2020. I got I got some of it right. I was sleepy. That was a <laughs> Pretty fiasco the game day. And then we a couple weeks later, we actually almost lost by the exact same score, 66 to 73. Up so. and Rupp on yes. the 29th? Yep. There you go. <laughs> See, all right. He made up for it. Yes, Davis, did you have a question? already asked my question. Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, COVID uh, <laughs> pending. Well, I'll ask Jacob Hillman. He's the president of the jungle. He knows, he knows a lot of things I don't, and that's just a blanket statement. So we're going to move on to the depth chart, which we can talk about for just a little bit. Uh, maybe push that into the next segment as well. Davis, where would you like to start with the depth chart? I was going to ask you all if you want to start on like QB or start at safety and go through the defense first. I think we save the, the QB chat for when we have a bit more time, so maybe after the next break, because I think that might cause some discussions. Okay, fair enough. All right, I'll go on the defense first. Starting with the defensive ends, we have Colby Wooden at left end. I guess right, it doesn't really matter. At Derek Hall at the other end with uh, Tony Fair. Yeah, that's an I. At nose tackle and Marcus Harris at defensive tackle. Do you want the people behind him or just the starters? Uh, yeah, first two strings. Go ahead. Uh, behind Kobe Wooden is Zacavius Walker, and behind Derek Hall is T.D. Moultrie. Okay. And behind Tony Fair at nose tackle is J.J. Pegasus. Pegways. I never knew how to pronounce it. 
future quarterback, JJ yeah, Peggy. He's gonna he's gonna play every position this Cannot year. Cannot wait for that Wildcat. And behind Marcus Harris is Marquise Burks. At middle linebacker, we have Owen Papal starting with Chandler Wooten behind him. Awesome. At the other linebacker spot, we have Zacoby McLean starting with Wesley Steiner behind him. Are you guys familiar enough with, with Harson's defense, or I guess Derek Mason's defense at this point, to know what kind of defensive front the Tigers going to be running on Saturday or throughout the season? I mean... You can say no. I mean, like... When I see it, I'll be like, oh, they're going to do this. But, like, I can't name it out right now. Okay. I have to see it. I'm just, yeah, interesting at, 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 at um, obviously, you have Owen Papo as a second string, but depending on how many linebackers the look is going to bring out in the package, you could obviously see him. We have him starting. He's starting. Oh, I thought he was behind. Never mind. But at the, the, the point stands. You only yes. listed two two linebacker spots, which there obviously could be more than that. And there's all also a star spot is what is listed at. Okay, just kind of the guy that plays all over the defense, if I remember correctly. Is that how it works? He's. Uh, I think it's a it's a hybrid between a safety and a linebacker. Okay, so star Chandler Wooten starting there, and he's also second on the depth chart behind Owen Papal, middle linebacker. Okay, okay, I see. And then behind him at star is Cam Riley and Joko Willis. That's the only one we list two. Quick note, a star is, in fact, a hybrid safety-type athlete that mostly plays a linebacker. Boom, there you go. So, like, uh, um, what's his name from the NFL? Jamal Adams. That's what he does. Jamal Adams. I guess, yeah. From, he, he does that. He's from, basically a linebacker. He does. Safety. Yeah, he, he, I mean, he's a safety that, I guess, can play in the middle as well. Like, okay, we'll just move on for that then. Cornerback, uh, we have Roger McCreary. And Roe Terrence behind him. And at the other cornerback spot, we have Nehemiah Pritchett. Or Nehemiah Nehemiah. Pritchett. Nehemiah Pritchett. And behind him is Jalen Simpson. At the two safety spots, we have by Darius Knighton and Smoke Monday. And behind them is Zion Puckett and Donovan Kaufman. And that is your defense for this year. Good bunch. I'll be honest. I was actually really surprised that Smoke Monday came back. I appreciate the loyalty. He had a really great season last year. I think he definitely would have been drafted maybe in the mid-rounds. So if he comes back and he performs even higher, that's going to boost his draft stock. Because if they take Noah Igbenogany in the first round, Smoke Monday's, Smoke Monday's going. Good up take. There. All right. Saying. Now for the offensive line. We, okay. At left tackle, gonna go ahead and get the because most people don't know the offensive linemen's names. No offense to them, of course. They do a very important job. But could you name any of them? The only left tackles, after, uh, the only left tackles I've ever known are the ones that are horrible. Uh, coming from a Panthers fan, Mike so, Rimmers. Yeah, if, Michael if, Lower. If you're good at your job as a lineman, That's unfortunately, true. people don't know who you are unless you're like Quentin Nelson or something, and you're just a freak of nature. But if you're an offensive lineman and people know your name, it's probably not a good thing. So at left tackle, we have Austin Troxel with Killian Zierer behind him. Both of them are six seven at that spot. At left guard, we have Brandon Council, and then behind him, he's also in bold is Alec Jackson. So I think maybe he might be also working at a uh, center. I'm mm-hmm. not really sure. At center, we have Nick Brahms, of course, still starting. Awesome. Be- behind him is Jalen Irvin. At right guard, we have Keandre Jones with Tayshawn Manning behind him, and at right tackle, we have. Brodarius Ham and Brendan Coffey behind yeah. him. And a quick shout out to Brendan Coffey and my brother, who Brendan Coffey was his next door neighbor in South Donahue Resident Hall 
last year, and they've developed a pretty nice friendship. So shout out to not only Brendan Coffey, but also my brother, who hope you're listening in. Or if I had gotten my cup of coffee! Pretty excited to see him out on the field this Saturday. All right, now on the wide receivers, it has them lifted, listed as the X. Oh, you got something? Can we go to a break real oh, quick? Oh, yeah, yeah, you got it, you got it. All right. Lost track of time. So we are going to go to a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk skill positions on the offense, including your running backs, your wide receivers, your halfbacks, your fullbacks, all the backs, including quarterbacks, when we get back from Compact Discourse. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, WEGLFM.com, or on our WEGL YouTube page where you can see our beautiful smiling faces this Tuesday morning. I'm Jack Hart, joined alongside Mr. Chris Tobias and Mr. Davis Carroll. Thank you for joining me and making the trek this soggy Tuesday morning on this final day of August. It is, of course, August 31st. 2021. We are just a few days away from Auburn football kicking off in Jordan-Hare Stadium on Saturday against the Akron Zips from Ohio. Wear white. That's the rundown. Get hype for Saturday. I'm ready to tailgate. I'm ready to have some fun and I'm ready to wear white and cheer on the Tigers. We are talking depth chart. We are talking skill positions. We are talking quarterback battles and Davis take it away with the wide receivers. All right, so we have listed as the X, H, and Z receivers. It's usually X, Y, and Z. The, X, the H is a little different if I know correctly, though. I looked it up here. Should I, should I explain it real quick? Go ahead. So the X and Z, the X lines up on the line of scrimmage kind of out wide. That's, to, the, to the left? Yeah, that's what Seth Williams did a lot, if I remember correctly. Just runs a post, you yeah, know. Yeah, usually. And then the Z is kind of to the right usually and off the line of scrimmage behind it, like back more. And that's kind of your slot, I guess you could say, maybe. Uh, your Y is your, usually – Your Will Hastings position. Yeah. Your Y is usually your tight end. So they chose an H. I have it looked up here. Uh, it kind of, I'm not, It just kind of sets back from the position. It's kind of three out wide. You can also have them back. Just kind of like the Z a little bit, I think. I'm not as familiar with the H. But at the X, we have Shedrick Jackson starting, nephew awesome. of Bo Jackson. Also beat McGill Tulin, my high school. And uh, him and George Pickens destroyed us in the state championship when I was in high school. Fun fact. Awesome. And behind him is uh, Zevian Capers. At the H uh, wide receiver position, we have Javarius Johnson and Tarverish Dawson Jr. behind him. What a tandem. And at the Z receiver, we have Demetri- Demetrius Robertson with Kobe Hudson and Malcolm Johnson Jr. behind him. At tight end, uh, we had Sal Canella last year. This year it is Sal Samuel Schenker, Schenker okay. with Luke Deal and Tyler Fromm behind him. It's nice to see a tight end in the offense. I hope they actually use him. <laughs> it's funny. Thanks. At running back. Or do you want to hear quarterback? Not say running back. You're running back. Running back. Running back is Tank Bigsby. Okay. W. Calling the brigade. With Sean Shivers right behind him. Okay. Okay. 
Gotta love Sean Shivers, man. Fan favorite. He's a trooper. He absolutely is. I wish that running that that like fifty yard run against Alabama would have counted. Remember that? Which year? Like twenty nine. The one the twenty nineteen. Was that when we got the same game where he the next play he trucked oh, the dude? Yeah. But yeah. I remember. What were you saying, okay. Chris? I was thinking of when we were in Tuscaloosa. I feel like, didn't we break off a huge run play when we were in Tuscaloosa 2020? Or was that? That was 2020. Yeah, last yeah. year, no. I think we we scored one touchdown no, from like was, three yards out. I think it was Jarrett Stidham's year. Probably. Oh, yeah, we, we, we scored in that one. I think we put up 28 in that game. i got to remember correct. I, I'll look it up later. And at the most... Well, we still have kickers and stuff if you want them. Yeah, kickers. Sure, yeah. I think we, we have a new punter, yeah? yeah? Yeah. At place kicker, we have Anders Carlson still with Ben Patton behind him. Awesome. Punter, we have Oscar Chapman, a sophomore, 6'3", 197. Where's he from? I'm not sure. I'll look into that. Behind him is Aiden Marshall, a senior uh, at H. I'm not sure what that is. Holder. Okay, Holder's Jackson McFadden with Oscar Chapman behind him. The punter will be the holder if Jackson McFadden's unable to. The long snapper will be Jacob Quattlebaum and Reed Hughes behind him with the punt returners being Javarius Johnson and Demetrius Robertson and the kick returners being Donovan Kaufman and uh, Nehemiah Pritchett. Oscar Chapman is 6'3", the Thunder from down under. He is from Adelaide, Australia. How do we keep getting Australian is kickers? Because they punters. have the AFL over there. The they AFL know. is crazy. They know how to boot it. They know how to kick a football, man. Boom and Onion Part (laughs) 2? All right, and the most anticipated position. Any guesses at quarterback? I think, I mean, considering the Auburn newswire hasn't blown up, I think it's going to be old Bo Nix. It's going to be old Milo's T-man. And behind him will be TJ Finley at the second spot. From LSU. How do we feel about that? I wanted to see TJ. I think TJ Finley might still get a shot if Bo struggles any. I mean, that's obviously not that hot of a take, but I'd, I'd like to see T.J. Finley play a little bit, personally. I don't really know what, what Harson's quarterbacking style is. I know Malzahn was, was known to do the QB cut by committee experiment, which obviously we know how that turned out, but I would like to see Finley. I mean, Finley's obviously going to get some reps this weekend, but I don't know. I I think it, it's it's going to be insufferable if if Finley outperforms Bo, just from a from a Auburn fan standpoint, in terms of dealing with other Auburn fans, because there's nothing there's nothing more dramatic that can happen to your program than a midseason QB change, and I think that a first year coach isn't going to want to deal with that heat. So, for for Harson's sake, I hope that this has been the correct decision to put Bo at the top of the chart. I think that. Ultimately, Bo Nix is the right decision. And I say that because a lot of people like to get caught up in like news about practice, like, oh, Bo Nix threw three interceptions, blah, blah, blah. But that, that stuff doesn't really matter. It's just all kind of a distraction. It's practice. You know, you want the defense to make plays. You want the offense to make plays, sure. Uh, and I've been hearing that TJ Finley's been performing well and Bo Nix has been "quote unquote" struggling, uh, whatever that means to people. But if you remember correctly, even the first game of the season last year against Kentucky, Bo Nix was showing those flashes of what he can be as a passer. Because I remember the first like three games of the season, it was not Bo Nix that was 
the one struggling. It was the rest of the offense. Mm -hmm. Our star receiver, Seth Williams, was dropping passes he could usually catch in his sleep two years prior. Um, you know, our running backs weren't be able to break out as much as you as they usually would be, uh, unless your name is Tank Bigsby. Um, so I think that with Brian Harson, which I believe he is much more of a throwing quarterback, which I think will work in Bo Nix's benefit, um, those intermediate and kind of, I guess, longer passes would be will be good for Bo Nix to really get that arm going rather than just doing the check down. So I think it's the right decision. And then, you know, worst case scenario, it doesn't really work out. And we have a promising TJ Finley. But even TJ Finley, people were really hyping him up. But I don't know, coming from LSU, correct me if I'm wrong, he started for LSU last year, correct? He, he began to start after Miles Brennan didn't pan out. Yeah, and I, I, I don't remember hearing a lot about T.J. Finley performing any excellent either. So. He didn't perform excellent in the game against Auburn no, on he Halloween. Did not. He did not. <laughs> not at all. Was it like four interceptions or something like that? I think it was a couple strip sacks, but uh, there was an interception in there. You want some stats about Brian Harson's offense in Boise? Heck sure. yeah. So looking at right here, uh, 53.8% of his plays were runs. But that does count scrambles and sacks. So I'd probably say about 50-50 was his split, if I had just kind of guess. And another stat that's kind of interesting is that every every year but one time when he was the coach in Bo at Boise State, Boise State's leading rusher had more than twice as many carries as his second leading rusher. And three times, uh, Boise had a running back top 300 carries on the season. So maybe... Tank Bigsby gets a lot of yards. J.H.I. got like 1,800 one season. If if I may real quick, I'd like to just get the correct stats out there. So against LSU um, or against Auburn last year, LSU started Max Johnson and uh, T.J. Finley eventually got some playing time. Um, Max Johnson threw for 172 yards with one touchdown. T.J. Finley through for 143 yards, 13 to 24 with zero touchdowns, two interceptions. So those were the QB stats for LSU. Room for improvement. Yes. Now that he's on our team. Correct. Um, it's also going to be interesting to see what new offensive coordinator Mike Bobo has on his clipboard and how much, I mean, the storyline for eight years during the Malzahn tenure was how much of the play calling is coming from the OC and how much is coming from the head coach's headset so it's going to be interesting to see when you're dealing with an outsider to the sec in brian harson combined with an insider to the sec in mike bobo under the magnifying glass that is jordan hare stadium you're coaching at a power five school for the first time how much are you going to how, how comfortable are you going to be relinquishing any kind of play calling from your trusted veteran offensive coordinator and what that's going to mean for the perception of the team. Because when you're dealing with the SEC, the performance of the team is just as important as the perception of the team with the amount of money, resources, and time they get put into putting on an SEC football game. Thoughts, Davis? <laughs> Y'all just having a stare off there for a second. I, uh, just real quick question, how do y'all think we're going to be offense-wise? I'm excited to see what the difference is because love love Gus as an individual. Um, 
it just it it the well had dried up. It was time to move on. I think everyone was sick of seeing the same predictable offensive plays. I mean, we had three, maybe four plays that we would do. So uh, I think you know, knock on wood, I think we're going to win. Um, but how we win might look a little different than usual. So I'm pretty excited about that. Okay, so here's an over under for you. How many carries do you think Tank is going to get in this game? I mean, I'll let you think about it while I espouse a little bit, but you got to consider that um, you you want, obviously you want, with your first game with a new coach, you want to put on a show for everybody. You don't want to be tied at halftime or, or something disastrous like that, which Auburn has been known to do against um, uh, non-conference opponents at home, uh, struggling mightily with them. Uh, Jacksonville State comes to mind, but obviously there, there are many other examples you can pull from, including like Mercer. Yeah. So... You can uh, how at what point do you, do you hit the panic button, and at what point do you manage the we need we need Tank to get reps in in a real game, but we also need him to be ready to go hit the ground running and destroy Penn State in a few weeks. So, how do you manage that if you are Brian Harson, and how many carries or touches even re- receptions? How do we think? Tank is going to play as a receiver. We'll answer all of that after the break. We're going to be right back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGLFM.com. I'm Jack Hart, joined alongside Chris Tobias and Davis Carroll. Whether you're listening on WEGLFM.com, we go 91.1 FM, or our YouTube stream, thank you for listening, and we will be right back after these messages to discuss Tank Bigsby's future with the Auburn Tigers. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, WEGLFM.com. Or if you're watching on our YouTube stream or listen to our podcast after the fact, wherever you can listen to podcasts, my Spotify or my podcast player of choice is, of course, Spotify. So I just search for Compact Discourse, pulls right up. Look for that CD orange and blue logo. You can also catch us on Eagle Eye TV now. We are part of the daily rotation on Eagle Eye, so after the show gets uploaded as a podcast, it gets thrown on to Eagle Eye as well. So be sure to check that out and support our fellow student organization. I'm, of course, your host, Jack Hart, joined alongside Chris Tobias and Davis Carroll on this soggy, soggy Tuesday morning in Auburn, Alabama, as Tropical Storm Ida continues to throw rain your way. No point in doing a weather report as it is going to be rain, rain, rain all day. So we hope you're listening from a warm, dry place. And if not, put on those galoshes, grab that umbrella, and head out into the world ready to take on the storm. Because, as you know, every day is a gift. So take advantage of it and make the mess most out of today. Don't let a little rain stop you. We didn't today. We made it in ready to put on a great show for you today. And the great show continues as we continue to talk about Tank Bigsby and what his role is going to be in the Auburn offense as we get ready to take on Akron this Saturday evening in Jordan-Hare Stadium, wear white and be loud cheer on the Tigers. All right, guys, Tank Bigsby, what's the prognosis? I think he could realistically get 20 carries a game, to be honest. 20 carries in every game? 
I'd say, I mean, like, averaging around 20. Averaging around, I mean, yeah. like, it could be a little bit less, but, like, I'd say it's going to average out to about 20, 20 21, maybe. I, I feel like that's, if he stays healthy, that's, and he's productive, which I think he will be. I think mean, that's, that's, that's what they should do. I think in terms of, if, in terms of load management, in terms of making sure he gets real game reps but is well-rested and not, overworked when it comes to two weeks down the road when it comes to take on Penn State. I think realistically in this game, probably let him in run two touchdowns before hitting the bench. Yes, yeah, fair. Let let me let me let me rephrase it. Okay. If Auburn's competitive, then maybe let him do twenty carries a game around there. But like if we're like if if we're drowning, let him get some reps of course, but like give your other younger players a shot because you don't want to hurt Tank. And then hurt our next season, if you got know I me. Mean. Do you think that they're gonna play Tank as um like an every every down back or I think they should. Are they gonna give uh are they gonna take him out on like third downs? I think they need to keep him in on third downs. He's probably our best shot at a at a check yeah. down pass. Uh yeah, if it's a check down pass, maybe give it to Shivers. But it just depends on who has better hands at that point. I would say well, I don't know. How much – I mean, last year, how many passing plays was Tank Bigsby involved in? I mean, in? Tank Bigsby, like, he had some good hands. I mean, like, for running back. What? I think that Sean Shivers has the advantage, and he's got more acceleration. He's got that breakaway. See, Tank, it's in the name. He's fast. He's very fast. And we he's saw hard it to last take year. down. And he's very hard to take down. I think at one point he led uh, the entire SEC in break tackles. Correct me if I'm wrong, but – um, I think as far as acceleration goes, Sean Shivers has that advantage. So if they're trying to do a quick quick pass out to the running back, I guess it would all depend on strategy. But I'm just curious to see how Brian Harson plays Tank Bigsby, if he's going to play him every down, if he's going to play him like three quarters, if he's going to – how they're going to utilize that running back position because I think that's really going to help Bo Nix uh, depending on the situation. Depending yeah, on and in terms of helping Bo out, I think having the running backs available for short safety valve type passes – when when you're someone who gets rattled easily like like Bo or at least that's the outward appearance appearance and that's probably what defenses are looking for when you have the tools that Auburn does on offense you need to utilize that on every down and make make Tank and Shivers an option as as a as a checkdown or an out route on every play to ensure that Bo Nix has somewhere an option a third fourth fifth read to take care of when it comes to getting pressured in the pocket yeah I would agree. And as far as uh, Bo Nix getting rattled, um, I'm going to put a, a quick bullet point up there. And I'm going to say that what Bo Nix needs is that he needs to find a way to unlock that killer instinct because we've seen it. We've seen it in games. Uh, one situation that comes to mind was I think it was Texas A&M where he had that crazy scramble touchdown last year. Yes, sir. Um, that's just, I think, an example of when Bo Nix kind of unlocks that clutch killer instinct. Or I think he definitely has it. Oregon 2019. Yeah. Game-winning drive. Game-winning drive, Seth Williams. Fantastic game. I think that if Bo Nix can kind of find that vibe that you can't really put a stat on, that, that skill, that killer instinct, as I like to say, then I think that we should be good at the quarterback position. I think the biggest knock on Bo Nix is – him being a, like at away games, that's still his biggest issue. He plays great at home, 
but then he goes away. I mean, he played good in the or- he played okay in the Oregon game, but he did in the second half. He got it done in the second half. Again, I, is that a result of his perform? I think. Well, let me say. I think part of it is a result of his performance, but part of it is also the fact that whenever Gus Malzahn would play a ranked away team, he would just kind of like a turtle get in the shell and go back to you know passive play calling, and I think it reflects negatively on Bo and his stats. So again, it's going to come down to what Brian Harson decides to do. So I'm pretty excited. Uh, yeah, the it's a, it's a it's a green field, blue sky, sky's the limit. But at the same time, there's not a ton of pressure to go out and win it all, considering how stacked the SEC is here. All right, I think that's enough Auburn football chat for today. But I think we're going to transition over before we hit the nine o'clock break. Davis has brought. A, another wonderful shirt into the studio today, and I think he's going to tell us about the story behind this awesome piece of clothing he is wearing today. Should and man- the- managed to keep dry. So surprisingly. Should I tilt the camera down or should I stand up? Stand up. Okay. Can you see it there? Got it. All right. So right here, yesterday, we made a reference to Heinz Ward when we were talking about we brought up the Dark Knight. If you remember, Chris, I believe you said it. I did. And I was like, you know what? I might wear my Heinz Ward shirt tomorrow. And right here you can see that is Heinz Ward, all heart. I'm not a Steelers fan, but I like this shirt. 86. This is Heinz House. I got it from the Atelier. Shout out to them again. And some nice clothes. That is a pretty cool shirt. I like how big Heinz Ward is yeah. on it. It's it, just a cool, des- cool, 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 cool design. Also, I mean, worth noting that Pittsburgh plays in Heinz Field. How'd they plan that out? You can't, it was meant to you be. can't write that. Hollywood, get on be. that. So I think, yeah, pretty awesome shirt. Um, and another cool thrift find from Davis. Um, we're going to head to our 9 o'clock break. <coughs> Excuse me. It's going to be about five minutes long, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with some more compact discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. I am Jack Hart, joined alongside Davis Carroll and Chris DeBias. We'll be right back in about five minutes. It's the top of the hour, about 9 a.m., and you're still listening to WEGL 91.1 FM. Well, you've made it this far. Go get yourself a cup of coffee. You've earned it. I really need a cup of joe, and... uh... If I don't get one, I think I might blow a gasket, and it's not a pretty sight. We'll be right back in a few minutes with the second half of the show. Thank you so much for listening to Compact Discourse. All right. And welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. Currently dealing with issues with the array in the studio, but we are going to persevere and make it happen for the show here on the stream this morning. So once again, welcome back to the show. You are listening to WEGL 91.1 FM on your terrestrial radio or live streaming from WEGLFM.com. You may be also tuning in on our YouTube page and watching us live in living color, or you can watch that video on demand at any time throughout the week, whenever you want. You can also catch the reruns on Eagle Eye TV, or you can listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcast. I choose Spotify. I just search for Compact Discourse, and it pulls right up. So go ahead and check that out. If you miss any part of the show, if you missed any of that first hour, we talked 
Auburn football. We talked a little bit of weather, and we made some jokes along the way, including seeing Davis's awesome shirt he's wearing today. You can also follow the station, WEGL 91.1 FM, on Twitter and Instagram. That is at WEGL underscore AU. Check that out. We have daily content on the Instagram Monday through Friday. You aren't going to want to miss, including a DJ spotlight of one Chris Tobias yesterday. So check that one out. Uh, I will let you guys promote your shows in just a second, but... Quickly, I want to promote the open mic night that UPC is putting on and WEGL is helping out with. That is going to be on Wednesday, I believe, at 6.30. Yeah, from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. over by the Starbucks right here in the Harold Melton Student Center. That's going to be a lot of fun. That is September 1st. That is tomorrow. So check that one out. It is put on by UPC and our friends at The Circle, and sound engineering is going to be done by Luke and Dylan from right here at WEGL 91.1 FM. So a great student event. Even if it's raining, come on in, stay warm, grab a coffee, and check out Open Mic Night. You aren't going to miss this one because it is going to be a lot of fun. I've been to one of these in the past, and they are a pretty laid-back, chill, awesome event you can check out for absolutely free. Go to aub.ie that's obby aub.ie backslash open mic night open mic night to check out all of the information and potentially come on up and join the show it is an open mic night after all all right introductions out of the way i am jack hart joined by mr chris tobias and davis carroll you guys have shows this week uh I have this one, but I we just recorded uh, <laughs> our podcast yesterday. It's going to come out on Friday. I think. Remind me never to throw an alley oop to Davis ever again. I mean, I wasn't lying. Just saying. Well, um, when you're coming home from the open mic night, you can listen to the second half of Cheetah Print, which is Wednesday from eight to nine p.m., where we listen to. Soul, funk, disco, R&B, and everything in between from the 60s all the way through today, baby. So it'll be real nice. Yes, sir. Looking forward to that one. It's going to be a groovy night on WEGL 91.1 FM. A boogie night, if you will, as DJ CD sits where I'm sitting right now and spins some tunes. Takes you back in time. All right. Let's talk a little bit about one of the most bizarre stories I think I've ever seen out of the sports world. Don't worry, non-sports fans. This one's crazy enough to just might get your attention. IMG Academy, which for those of you who you do, do not know about this, is, is a weird thing. It's a uniquely American uh, experience, I think. But it, it's, it's a high school. But it, it's a high school whose sole purpose is to field competitive sports teams. So it's a boarding school down in Florida where you can practice sports all year round. And their goal is to pretty much fly in kids from all over the country and put together a great sports team. And they have a great football team, basketball team, all of that. So they are, they are the, the high school football team in the United States. And they were taking – they travel – I mean, they go around the country and they play great sports teams – in fact, they are even playing Auburn High School later in the year. So IMG Academy will be taking on Auburn High School. But 
interestingly enough, this this weekend they played a team that might not exist. Bishop Sycamore. If you can believe that. So yeah, the story behind this one is that if you watch ESPN during football season, you may just notice uh, you know Hoover High School or Duncanville Texas High School on ESPN because they do you know high school football showcases. I mean they they're potentially showing the next college stars before they even get to uh, recruiting. So ESPN likes to put on high school games, especially a weekend like this where there isn't much football going on. It is a showcase of high school talent. So IMG Academy, obviously, that's the one you want to put on. And um, so this game took place on Friday night and ended up being shown on ESPN on Sunday evening. So uh, this is an article from footballscoop.com, which is pretty much the best summary of what I could find um, that, that happened. So the ESPN family of networks were jam-packed with high school football this weekend, the first of the 2021 campaign and the first real season in two years. The weekend was concluded on Sunday with the grand finale, the Hall of Fame Classic at Canton's Hall of Fame Stadium, pitting defending national champion IMG Academy against this school called Bishop Sycamore, which probably doesn't exist. There's a lot of things about it that... It's crazy. I have a I have an article pulled up as well that gives kind of the some of the some of the evidence if you if you don't have it. Okay. So yeah. So but um, Bishop Sycamore claims to be from Columbus, Ohio, <laughs> kind of near where where this um, game took place. They went zero and six last season, according to their official records. Um, their second season ever. You know, it's pretty pretty awesome for a a school that's only two years old to give to get a nationally televised high school football team. Um, but IMG did not really care for their sob story, and they ended up beating them 56-6. to six. So they did purport to have a number of FBS prospects on the roster, but uh, the, none of the ESPN reporters or Tom Luganville could find any of them by checking their roster. No one appeared to be scouted by any of the teams. So... The obvious question is why ESPN would put a team on the air that it itself, not just every, the general public, but ESPN, who does research, knew so little about. Sunday's matchup, along with every game um, on the Geico High School football slate, was apparently arranged by Paragon Marketing Group. So their official statement was, Paragon works from, with ESPN programming to select the top regular season football and basketball games in the country, typically airing around 25 games annually. We will coordinate the schedules, sell slash integrate the sponsorships, and manage events logistics on site. So it appears the blame has fallen on Paragon, who was duped by Bishop Sycamore into thinking they were a real high school to play on ESPN. Don't they claim to be like an online school well, as well? They are an online school. Is, is are they what real the current, at all? Is it actually? It's an all. Apparently, it's like an all online school that has this football team for whatever reason. Um, it's like Devry. It's like DeVry, when Devry had the basketball team. Like Jack said, they zero and six record last year. Um, Got outscored two twenty seven to forty two as well. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm sorry. IMG beat them fifty eight to nothing. It, so they didn't even score six. It brings up a a variety of questions. One, 
Uh, I think the biggest question, at least in my opinion, is how could ESPN allow this to happen? Because from what I've read so far, um, basically Bishop Sycamore was like, yeah, we got top prospects from Ohio and we're from Columbus. And then rather than verify any of that, it looks like um, they just kind of went, all right. Because this game was intended to be between a Florida and Ohio powerhouse high school, specifically Ohio. Um, so the obvious choice from Florida is, of course, IMG because they are a pseudo-college football team. Um, but then from Ohio, I guess it, it was a bit more open, and this random school, Bishop Sycamore, just came in based off of their word alone, uh, seems like, and was able to schedule a game. The second question that comes to mind is, why? Um, and it seems like the answer to that question is money. So whoever is behind Bishop Sycamore, uh, apparently a GoFundMe page uh, opened in the Bishop Sycamore name. It was set up August 21st. This is from CBS High School, uh, CBS Sports High School um, article. And Bishop Sycamore set up this GoFundMe with the description for a new football program getting established in Columbus. So they were able to raise $140 out of the $20,000 goal, uh, but they are no longer accepting donations. So whoever set this game up, whoever set the games up last year, um, clearly had some monetary intentions at the expense of the children's health. And they also apparently have some games set up against other powerhouse yeah. schools so, around yeah. the nation. I'll get to that in a second. So if you want to go to the school's, or what appears to be the school's website, bishopsycamore.org, it is effectively a blog, uh, most recently updated on May 21st. It explains how to catch a college recruiter's attention on social media, and the website about us section is completely blank. Well, the whole <laughs> website's been removed now, too. I'm it, on it right now. The it's just, it seems we can't find what you're looking for. When you type it up, it, it says home at the top. It says it seems we can't find what you're looking for. And then it has what looks like an NCAA 14 stock image of a football player That's, on that's the what right. it looks like now. Nothing at check all. It, check it out. That is definitely not a, a Bishop Sycamore player. That is a stock image edited to look like the Bishop Sycamore High School uniform. All right. Well, the world beaters that are Bishop Sycamore, I think Knights or Centurions, Lancers maybe, um, it is not stopping with IMG. That 58 to nothing drubbing is not going to deter them. They are scheduled to play in Kentucky on Friday, and then they're heading over to Dallas to play Duncanville on September 10th. If you don't know what Duncanville is, you might have seen their stadium. It's that one that is nicer than some college stadiums over on high school in Texas and Duncanville. They also have trips to Florida, Maryland, Connecticut, Nevada, and Virginia. Follow that with an 11-game schedule. They're a barnstorming team. None of those are at home, home in Columbus. So this, this, this grift, as it appears, is basically jet-setting around the entire eastern half of the country, challenging the best teams in the country without any a team, effectively. It's a bunch of high school-age kids wearing uniforms that say Bishop Sycamore is, 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 is the whole... It is the high school football version of cannon fodder, essentially, unfortunately for those kids. But uh, usually it's not the cannon fodder that dresses itself up as cannon fodder and 
actively participates in the event willingly, seeks them out even. I've also found their Twitter page, which is also very interesting. The last thing they retweeted was a tweet. They retweeted said, these kids swear going to class the worst thing ever, just waiting until you have to wake up and go to work instead, which they retweeted. <laughs> and they also retweeted, nobody cares, work harder. That's and they also quote. retweeted good a quote. thing about the controversy with IMG and Bishop Sycamore. They just retweeted a podcast about it. It's Nobody cares. Work harder. Yeah, they retweeted That's it. That's hilarious. And they keep retweeting things about interviews with the coach. Failure is simply the opportunity to begin again, this time more intelligently. Retweeted. They're like a motivational page. This is weird. So um, this is a infographic I found about it. The source is listed as Dawson Boyd, which might be just a guy. But these are pretty funny, regardless if they're true or not. Apparently, there has never been a Bishop Sycamore. They didn't even pick a real name. Um, they played two games in three days, which we mentioned. They they played in Pennsylvania, where they got utterly drubbed. And then they, in, in a game, I might add, they were wearing their all-black uniforms, which you saw on ESPN. But the team they were playing were also wearing all-black uniforms, if you can believe that. So they got thoroughly drubbed in Pennsylvania, carted themselves over to Canton, Ohio, <laughs> to get thoroughly drubbed by IMG Academy. Their head coach currently has an active arrest warrant open for him and allegedly most of the players on the team are not even high school age and are junior college dropouts their address leads to a library in columbus as well so that's where that's where they keep all the knowledge this feels like some sort of long con because i'm doing a, a quicker a little bit more of a deep dive into the bishop football or bishop sycamore football twitter page and it seems like they're just openly admitting to having done this for just the clout, which is pretty obvious. But they retweeted a tweet uh, that was a response to someone saying, I hope they enjoy the season because they are never being scheduled by these high school powers again. <laughs> to which the Bishop Sycamore retweeted a reply to that tweet from someone who I'm about to investigate because I'm pretty sure they're also fake. Uh, but they said, conversely, five, in quotations, the number five, Teams from around the country already contacted us today to schedule them in 2022. Everybody wants to play the team that just played IMG on ESPN. Ratings don't lie. All right, this is Trump. <laughs> this is, Donald <laughs> Trump runs this school. Prep Gridiron Logistic on Twitter is a big fan of this fake school, which, by the way, did tweet on Mother's Day. Um, they posted a picture that said, Happy Mother's Day from the Bishop Sycamore family, which was followed with <laughs> this fantastic image right here. Should we call them? I got their phone number from Max Preps. All right, we're going to head to a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to hear what happened when Davis tried to call this real school? Question mark. All right, we got a little more IMG Academy news when we get back from a break. Bishop Sycamore, rather, and including uh, now three Auburn players in the past 18 hours have been cut from an NFL roster, so... War Eagle to that, and we will get excited to talk about it on the other side of this break. I'm Jack Hart. You're listening to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. I am your host, Jack Hart, joined alongside Chris Tobias. Davis Carroll had to go. I think he has to go to class or something. I don't know. He's, he's training to be a lawyer is what I hear. All right. In the break, Davis did call Bishop Sycamore, um, was sent directly to voicemail, and they don't even have a custom voicemail set up. It, it, it just was the, the default one. So it's definitely that library in Columbus that hasn't opened yet. And um, I think Chris has a little bit of research as well on this ongoing story we're looking at as this fake team played against IMG Academy over the weekend on ESPN. You are, of course, listening to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, WEGLFM.com, or our, our live stream on YouTube, our live stream on Eagle Eye, or you might be listening to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. We are available. Just search for Compact Discourse. You can also follow the station at WEGL underscore AU. That's WEGL underscore AU. That is on Twitter and Instagram. You can check that out. Let's go to 2Cam. All right. Yeah, you're in the frame. Great. So you can do that. We have daily content every day, if that's not redundant enough for you. You can check that out on Instagram. Aaron is working super hard to get daily content out for you Monday through Friday, including a DJ spotlight of Mr. Chris Tobias. That occurred yesterday as our post for Monday. So be sure to check that one out. Trivia questions still pending. Head over to our Twitter at CDiscAU to answer that trivia question and get a shout out on the air. Or if you have something you want to add to the conversation, question, comment, concern, opinion, complaint, go ahead and send that over to at CDiscAU and we will get back to you on that one. Get your opinion on the show if you want to weigh in on any Auburn players getting cut from the NFL, which we'll get to in just a little bit, or this ongoing story with IMG Academy and the really real school of Bishop Sycamore out of Columbus, Ohio, be sure to get in touch. All right, without further ado, let's talk about this school facade. So, again, um, this is definitely going to require some more investigation, because just looking through the Twitter page, it's kind of crazy, but... I found this account, Prep Gridiron Logistic, um, which Bishop Sycamore has been retweeting quite a bit because for whatever reason, this Prep Gridiron Logistic, which has been around since February 2017, so clearly they've been around longer than Bishop Sycamore has existed, (laughs) um, they've taken quite the interest in Bishop Sycamore, retweeting a lot about their controversy. Uh, controversy, excuse me, retweeting a, a lot of the players' tweets about how it is Bishop Sigmore versus the world. And they seem to be just a big fan of Bishop Sigmore. And I'm not sure why. So again, that's just skimming the surface, but I feel like there's definitely more to this because he's heavy in the replies about this controversy, just defending them and talking about them as though he is a member of the staff. So I'm really interested to see what plays out in the coming days because this is definitely not just going to get pushed aside, uh, especially, again, with the health concerns for the players. Uh, Playing a bunch of borderline college football teams for an entire season and getting utterly decimated uh, can't be too good on the brain 
especially and and you may be thinking this is a bunch of hapless high school kids going out against these world beaters, but the reports are coming out that this this team, this Bishop Sycamore team, is made up of primarily JUCO dropouts, kids that aren't even in high school. So, I mean, don't feel too bad for them. They're probably in on this grift as well, and I'd like to see how this story develops as we continue to monitor it. As they, I mean, they have a full schedule. They're heading off to Duncanville to play on, or they're heading to Kentucky on Friday if they are allowed to play that game. If if um whatever high school, I mean, maybe they're playing Herb's high school. Uh, whatever. Uh, if this if this team gets wise to the situation and cancels the game. I don't know if Duncanville can stand the embarrassment of playing this fake team on the schedule. And, uh, yeah, I'm just glad IMG Academy scheduled a very real Auburn High School as their season finale instead of getting duped again. All right, so we are moving on from fake football teams to real football teams in the NFL, including three teams – two teams, rather, that have dropped three Auburn players in the past 24 hours, including most notably Mr. Cameron Jarrell Newton of Auburn University has officially been released by the New England Patriots. That is Tom Pelissero reporting that one from the NFL Network, 9.06 a.m. Hot off the presses. Cam Newton is out at New England. This, I I don't want to say it was expected. I think it was expected that he maybe start the season and then get benched and then, um, or start right out the gate as the number two. Not a bad number two to have. Um, this absolutely breaks my heart. I am a Cam Newton defender through and through. He's the reason I came to Auburn. Um, and he's the reason I actually fell in love with football. I've been a Carolina Panthers fan my whole life. When they drafted Cam Newton, uh, my world was changed. Shout out Jake DeLone, but Cam Newton is the best quarterback to ever come to Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, It's interesting. I'm looking back at his career with New England, and I think it's one of those things where in hindsight, just looking at the numbers, um, I think it's different from maybe what we've been hearing. Now, I'm not defending Cam Newton's performance in New England. Uh, I did watch a few games last year because – Again, Cam Newton fan for life, but and, and he definitely underperformed. But I'm looking at these stats, and I think the big jump, the change in his performance came week four when he got COVID and was out for two weeks. Um, so the first three games of the season, if you'll remember, Cam Newton was one of those early season MVP candidates, I'll say quote unquote, because the real MVP candidates don't really develop to the midpoint, um, where he threw for 155 yards, 15 for 19 against the Dolphins week one, uh, winning 21 to 11, and a, a loss in an electric game against the Seahawks, if you'll remember, in Seattle, where he threw uh, or completed 30 attempts or 30 passes on 44 attempts, excuse me, one touchdown, one interception, and then the Raiders, a win, 36-20, 17 for 28, with, again, one touchdown, one interception. The change comes week six with the first L against the Broncos, 12-18, zero touchdowns, two interceptions, and then arguably his worst game of the season, definitely his worst game of the season, against the 49ers, week seven, 
6 to 33 loss, zero touchdowns, three interceptions, 9 for 15 for only 98 yards. Uh, so there was definitely a change in Cam Newton's demeanor, but it is undeniable that the offensive line definitely had a role in that. Looking at the sacks for the season, Cam Newton was sacked in 15 of the 17 games with it looks like a season high of four sacks against both the Rams and the Broncos week six and week 14, respectively, both pretty brutal losses. So what do you think, Jack? Um, is it Mac Jones time? I th- it definitely is. I mean, it's either Mac Jones or Jared Stidham, and uh, I don't know if Jared Stidham is the solution there either. I don't know if Mac Jones is the solution. Well, apparently, again, I said earlier I don't like to get caught up in the practice stuff because practice isn't really reflective of how they perform in a game. But apparently Mac Jones has been performing pretty well for New England um, during practice. But I'm curious to see how he holds up in the NFL because I always felt that he was a product of Nick Saban and Alabama. Nick Saban has this talent for making QBs look a lot better than they actually are uh, just by having them be in the Alabama system and throwing to some athletic freaks but um historically Alabama QBs do not go on to perform too well in the NFL but it definitely looks like Bill Belichick has a type I would say so um also we are looking at Broncos are waving rookie wide receiver Seth Williams out of Auburn and the Patriots once again are releasing defensive lineman Montrevious Adams so Three Auburn players cut from two different teams in the past 12 hours. Not a good look for Auburn. Um, It appears that the Auburn and the NFL segment on the big video board is getting a little shorter. But, I mean, I think there's hope for Cam Newton to get picked up somewhere else. This is We're definitely in a quarterback drought in the league. I could see him going back maybe to the Washington football team. Um, just because of that connection to Ron Rivera, although they seem pretty set with uh, Tyler Heineke and Ryan Fitzpatrick if they want another good veteran presence. Um, I'm not sure what other teams he could go to. Maybe is he going to make the trip back to the NFC, stay in the AFC? What do you think? What are some teams that come to mind that need a quarterback? Or I don't know. I mean, the mentality of Cam Newton is that he doesn't want to be a backup. So I don't think he'll settle for that. I think he'd rather just train and work on self-betterment rather than sit on the bench. And I, I don't know where the opportunity currently lies for him. I mean, the, quarter, the teams that need quarterbacks seem to have gotten one. Uh, the Dolphins have settled on Tua, and the, the big Lions-Rams trade has shaken up the quarterback sphere a little bit to the point where I don't, I think it's just not a great time. I, I think an opportunity will arise, and does Cam Newton get picked up off waivers? But I don't, I don't really see a, a destination for Cam, and, and, and sadly, right at the beginning of this NFL season. Obviously, that could change in a heartbeat. It just takes one play to change the quarterback depth chart in the NFL. Maybe a Cam Newton to the Houston Texans with Deshaun Watson not playing uh, – they're actively seeking a trade for Deshaun Watson. And it seems like Tyrod Taylor is getting this starting spot there over in Houston. Um, 
Another guy that's kind of gotten the short end of the stick throughout his career, Tyrod Taylor. I could definitely see if the Texans want to try and find the Deshaun Watson-esque play of Cam Newton, I guess, very active with his legs, has a pretty strong arm or had a strong arm. The twenty, His last season in Carolina was uh, probably the end of that. But I don't know. I think maybe that could be a destination if they're looking for someone who's a bit more proven than Tyrod Taylor. Um, other than that, I'm not sure. We will see. Um, and Cam, I will never be disappointed in you, and I will always be thankful that you made Tom Brady cry on Monday Night Football. Super Bowl 50 was rigged. Jericho Cotri caught it. Cotri caught it. All right. We're going to head to a quick break, and when we come back, I'm going to go look for Jacob Hillman and see if he made it into the studio with all this rain. If not, it might just be me and Mr. Tobias closing out the final half hour of the show. We might talk a little baseball. We might talk a little current events. We may talk about some news you can use as we look around the world and decide what is going on in this crazy world we live in. We'll be right back to Compact Discourse in a few minutes. I'm Jack Hart. You're listening to WGL 91.1 FM. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Jack Hart, joined alongside Chris Tobias, and now joined by the one and only Jacob Hillman, WEGL co-sports director and president of the Auburn Jungle. How about that? You are on the leadership team now, so you'll be helping out, but thank you. Thank you. But, no, yes, I am... Looking forward to basketball season, even though it's not even football season. We've been talking about football all morning, and we talked about basketball a little bit, too. We talked about hype videos, because we love getting hype for all things Auburn sports. And we're going to talk about that a little bit, because I want Hillman's take on the Auburn depth chart. And we're also going to talk about the Atlanta Braves and whatever the heck happened out in the Chavez Ah. Ravine last night as the Braves took on the Los Angeles Dodgers. But we are going to wrap up our discussion about Cam Newton uh, real quick. Now that we have fellow Panthers fan Jacob Hillman joining us on the show, I quickly want to remind everybody that you are listening to Compact Discourse on WEGL 91.1 FM, WEGLFM.com. If you're watching our YouTube live stream, hello and good morning from the video world, you could be watching us on a replay on Eagle Eye TV or their live stream as well on their YouTube page. So you can watch us in a lot of different places. You can also get the audio-only podcast available on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Those are available. You can see on screen where you can watch those or anywhere you get your podcast, you can check it out. Or you can just go to our Transistor page and check it out there. Am I missing anything? No, that's it. Thank you for listening to Compact Discourse, however you may be getting the information today. Oh, yeah, and the podcast is 100% commercial-free. All right, let's jump right back into things. Getting back on the discussion of Cam Newton, who has officially been removed from the Patriots roster as of this morning. What's your uh, knee-jerk reaction to that, Jacob? Yeah, and it's one of those things. I, I listened to y'all's segment before, and y'all ran through the stats. Y'all ran through everything that went wrong for Cam Newton last season. And 
And I think that is part of it. You're If you're the Patriots, you're two years removed from Tom Brady, and you're looking for fresh blood. Cam Newton didn't really impress last year, and you can blame it on a lot of things, but it's still, he did not get the job done, and it's unfortunate, but maybe it wasn't the best fit for him, especially coming off several years of injuries, so maybe now he can get healthy, and he can go make his name felt. And I think, as Chris said, the Washington football team, I think that would be a good fit where he goes and uh, he, re- he unites with Rob Rivera, his old coach, and I-, I really think that that's a good idea because Ryan Fitzpatrick, he might be the answer, but he might not be. After that, yeah, you've got Taylor Heineke, you make all the jokes you want, but he probably isn't the answer either. So I really do think that Cam will find another home. It's just where will it be? If I may, uh, interesting stat that I overlooked and that I think a lot of people are overlooking is that Cam Newton actually had second-highest career rushing touchdowns last season with 12, um, with the only other season with more rushing touchdowns being his rookie year with 14. So pretty interesting way in how he was able to utilize his legs last year, which maybe a team might look at, question mark? Could Cam- be. Cam Newton running back? He's got the most touchdowns since entering the league, as rushing touchdowns, more the than any Lamar. running back. I mean, he, he could. he Hey, Lamar Jackson, Cam Newton backfield, wouldn't that be something? That sounds like they had RG three back there at one point. They have the triple. They have the triple Heisman, uh, John Harbaugh, action. All right. Um, so we also reacted to the Auburn depth chart, which came out yesterday. Have you taken a look at that, Jacob? I have, and I think the big thing that I noticed from there was three names being absent. That was Elijah Canyon at wide receiver, Drayshon Miller at cornerback, and I believe a defensive lineman. I can't quite remember who it is. Let me look. It was one of the defensive tackles, but it's one of those things that you you talk a lot about these guys, mm-hmm. and then you get the depth chart, which this is a different depth chart than what we're used to because Gus Malzahn used to release a lot of names. Yeah, This is a 2D. It's, it, it's pretty, two names per position, so you're not going to get everyone that you expect. It's pretty concise. Right. It cut out a lot of the fat. It's and interesting. It, I mean, it, it's interesting to see the, the wide receivers listed by their their – more specific right. lineup X, positions. H, Z, it's yes. nice to see the star position show up on the, the defensive. Um, so, I mean, I'm interested to see what they both – I mean, with with an entirely new staff, you have Harson coming in, obviously, then you have Derek Mason and Mike Bobo, what the looks are going to be on offense and defense and how that's going to differ. I mean, we have such talented linebackers. How are those going to be utilized on the defensive scheme? Well, you look at offense and there's no H-back. We're yeah. used to seeing H-back, but now it's a tight end. And on defense – the difference is there's going to be three, four looks that Derek Mason will implement. So you're going to see yeah, – Ladarius Tennyson is another name that's not on there, but he'll play the nickelback along with Donovan Kaufman. Mm-hmm. So you, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see exactly where they line up on Saturday when they're actually on the field. It's just the depth chart on defense I don't think matters as much with the way Derek Mason mixes looks. So we'll, we'll see who actually plays in those first few quarters on Saturday. All right, and another question we had, which I assumed we'd defer over to you, was what the university's COVID protocol is going to be for football games. Is there a passport? There's not. No, the the green screen is completely gone. You have to have your tire card on your phone. 
because yeah. your tickets are completely mobile now. If you have your Tiger card but you don't have it on your phone, they're going to make you download it at the gate, and you're not going to want to On game that. day, you are not getting that download. That is true. That is a good point. I didn't even – I was just thinking of everyone rushing behind you trying yeah, to get in. That and you're too. Just, it, was, it would be hectic. It's not going to be a pretty sight either way. Correct. And I don't believe masks are required. There's no vaccination protocol or anything like that. I believe it's just have a ticket, show up. And cheer on the Tigers. Is LSU the only school so far, major school, that you've seen? Uh, SEC. Oh, uh, SEC. Oregon and Oregon State are requiring vaccination or a negative PCR test. And I'm sure there's some Big Ten teams that might follow suit. But okay. so far, I don't think there are. But like Penn State, they have not done that. And obviously, that's, that's notable to Auburn fans because you might be traveling up to Pennsylvania in two weeks. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, we are moving quickly along to other things we're going to talk about, including I'm going to tease what happened in baseball yesterday, give you some scores. We're going to head to a quick break, and then we will take an extra long final segment to break down what happened in baseball, some closing thoughts for Tuesday, and of course, the Atlanta Braves, now that we have resident Braves expert on the show, Jacob Hillman. All right, so yesterday, your MLB scoreboard update. That was going to be the Twins took down the Tigers 3-2. to The Cardinals beat the division-leading Cincinnati Reds. The Phillies beat the Nationals 7-4. to The Blue Jays beat the hapless Orioles 7-3. to The Tampa Bay Rays all over the Red Sox 6-1. to The Rangers edged out the Rockies 4-3. to The Angels took down the Yankees, have been a pesky opponent this so far this season, set eight to seven. The Padres get one back on the Diamondbacks, seven to five. The division leading Brewers defeat the now losing streak Giants, three to one. And the Astros beat out the Mariners, four to three, in an ALS matchup. And of course, the Los Angeles Dodgers took down the Braves, five to three, out in the Chavez Ravine. Quick update on the pennant races the Rays are still on top of the AL East. With an 83 and 48 record, Yanks seven games behind them. White Sox all over that AL Central. The Astros continue to expand their lead in the West. They have a six-game lead over the Athletics. Hold on. Oh, I didn't know how to switch to the National League on this one. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have it pulled up on ESPN. All right, the Braves 70 and 60 despite that loss. The Phillies now catching up three and a half games back. The Brewers still all over that NL Central. And in the NL West, the Dodgers climb back, get one back on the Giants, and are now just one and a half games out of that one seed, which is still owned by the Giants, best record in baseball. 83-47 and 47 are the Giants, 83-49 and 49 are the Dodgers. So that is your quick MLB update. We are going to go to a quick break, and when we get back, we are going to discuss... What's going on in the MLB? We're going to discuss the Braves. We're going to discuss the weather. That is what we're going to discuss on Compact Discourse. When we get back, I am Jack Hart, joined alongside Jacob Hillman and Chris Tobias. You're on WEGL 91.1 FM. And welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. I am your host, Jack Hart, joined alongside 
Jacob Hillman and Chris DeBias. We were coming at you live from the WEGL studios where it is nice and dry despite being brutally wet outside as her uh, tropical storm Ida continues to tear across Tennessee, sending thunderstorms our way. We have been talking a little bit about baseball, but first I want to get to a little bit of news you can use about WEGL. What is going on this week? We have daily content coming out on the Instagram. Be sure to check that out. We had a DJ spotlight yesterday of Mr. Chris DeBias and his show Cheetah Print coming up this Wednesday. So daily content on the Weagle Instagram. That is at WEGL underscore AU. Be sure to check that out every day this week for a new and exciting post. Brought to you by Aaron, our fabulous marketing director who is working hard to get content to you. All right, speaking of Wednesday, we also have open mic night coming up in the Harold Melton Student Center next to Starbucks, rain or shine, because it's inside, 6.30 p.m. tomorrow, September 1st. Be there, sit back, and enjoy listening to performers during open mic night. You can go to aub.ie slash open mic night. That's aub.ie slash open mic night if you want to get more information about that. That's brought to you by UPC, our friends at The Circle, and... Weagle's own Luke and Dylan are going to be setting up the audio engineering for that one. So be sure to check that one out and listen to Cheetah Print on your way home from it. All right, let's jump back into things. And Jacob Hillman is going to tell you what is coming up on the sports side of WEGL as we have an exciting lineup of both volleyball and soccer broadcasts right for you. Well, hopefully we get to broadcast volleyball this weekend. We'll have to Six minutes ago, they announced that Auburn will be hosting the Southeastern Showdown, which is not the Southeastern Showdown now. They're just going to be hosting Southeastern Louisiana and Cal State Fullerton in Auburn this weekend because of because of the storms in Louisiana. And Thursday evening, Auburn Soccer, undefeated Auburn Soccer, and top 15 Auburn Soccer will be hosting UAB. That coverage will start on Weagle 91.1 FM at about 6.20, and then on Thursday evening, about the same time, Auburn Volleyball will play Southeastern Louisiana. We're going to try to broadcast the Friday games at 11.30 a.m. and then 7.30 p.m. for Auburn Volleyball. But, like I said, that just got, got announced, so we'll figure that out as we go. All right, so let's head over to the Chavez Ravine and talk about the Los Angeles Dodgers versus the Atlanta Braves last night where Urias gets the win. He's now 15-3. Drew Miley gets the loss after surrendering four home runs, and Trinan gets the save, his fifth of the year. L.A. wins this one, final tally of 5-3 to three against Atlanta. They improve to 83-49. and 49. Atlanta falls to 70-60. and 60. Bra- uh, The Braves were outhit by the Dodgers 10-8, to eight, and no errors were committed. What are your initial reactions to this one, Jacob? When you give up that many home runs at Dodgers Stadium, you're bound to lose. And, of course, the Braves tried to come back. They tried to inch their way back with solo home runs of their own. But when you're down that far, it doesn't really matter. And especially when that sh- the way that strikes, though, I I sent that last night to you, Jack. Yeah. Just the – I mean, it was tall. It was short. It was wide. It was everywhere. I mean, these pitches were missing a foot off the plate. And the umpire was calling it a strike. Now, it was both ways, but it was still just ridiculous. And I think that's why the Braves really deserve to lose because Drew Smiley's throwing these 90-mile-per-hour fastballs right down the heart of the plate. Of course, Bookie Best is going to hit that ball out. Of course, Max Muncy's going to hit that ball out. 
Of course Will Smith is going to hit that ball out. So it, it is what it is, but the Braves, they got the series win against the Giants. That was a positive. They just need to not get swept against the Dodgers. That is the goal. And it always, I mean, you, I mean, you, you gained a lot of confidence in the Braves after defeating the NL West or the NL leading Giants. Major, major league. league. Yeah, it, it reminded me a lot of, of two years ago when the Braves were able to take care of the Dodgers at home in right. that big series, um, as I mentioned yesterday. So, um, <coughs> my words kind of came back to, to, to the hens came back to roost on that one as the Braves fell to the Dodgers. Uh, last night. You know, it's always weird when you play a game on a Monday. I feel like Mondays should always be off days. In a way. I mean, you want to have you want to have baseball on Mondays. Right, uh, yeah, but uh, I don't know. I, I feel like, at least for the it, it, it it's a tough road trip, you know? It is. You're, you're at home, and you gotta, you gotta fly when you're three hours behind taking on the Dodgers, who are equally good, if not better, than the Giants right now, as the Giants lost the Brewers last night. So, um, we're looking to see, I mean, this is something I mentioned yesterday on the show, is that we're squaring up for some really exciting potential postseason matchups as we're probably going to see an AL two, uh, at least two AL East teams in on the AL side, and then a, a potential Dodgers-Giants NLCS could be extremely intriguing to see those teams go, for, go at it for seven. It could be. And the way these playoff races are shaping up, I think that there's – I mean, the, the wild card races are interesting – but they're not really – there's not a lot of teams, I would say. And maybe in the AL side, but the NL side is kind of bonk. I mean, just yeah, nothing. I mean, you got the Brewers. You Brewers, got Reds. whoever wins the, the cage match in the NL right. East. But since the Padres have taken a step back, that third spot is looking – or the second wild card, rather, is looking a little more enticing. Yeah, but like I said, it's, it's pretty much the Reds that are battling with them. Right. Because you, the Phillies and Mets are not going to. <laughs> They're just not going to even come close. No matter how much they boo the fans in, right. in, in City Field. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. for the Maybe they'll fans. give a thumbs up <laughs> next time they hit a home run. All right. So we are currently taking a look at Tropical Storm Ida, which right now appears to be a few miles southwest of Tupelo, Mississippi. as it That's where the eye of the storm is. Auburn, Alabama is continuing to be under a wind advisory, so don't go on outside unless you absolutely have to to get to class or work or whatever. Uh, it's currently 75 degrees, and it is cloudy. Was it raining when you came in, Jacob? Yeah, no, not that bad, but it was much worse walking to my 8 a.m. class. Yeah, as when, when me and Chris were walking to the station this morning, it, it started out not that bad, but then it really came down so it, it it's that it's that classic hurricane just slinging right. bands of rain across the state so as ida continues to travel across mississippi we'll probably head over into tennessee in a few hours and continue to send rain our way so be sure to plan accordingly if you're making a trip around campus this afternoon uh once again auburn is still under a wind advisory so please be advised of that and plan accordingly when, uh, I mean, just bring your sturdiest umbrella is, is my only advice there. So, I mean, sometimes this wind will <laughs> yank that umbrella out anyway, but I don't know. It's This storm, I was not really expecting it to be that strong here. I wasn't either. I mean, either. Th this storm, I mean, hurricanes always do this, but it, it really came out of nowhere. We were uh, under a tornado warning for about 15 minutes yesterday. 
that was wild. Yeah, I mean, I think, it, I mean, obviously the water's so hot in the Gulf at the end of hurricane season that they can snap up super quickly. Yeah. But the thing with Ida is that it, it went from, I mean, we would have brought it up on the show if it was even a minor headline on Thursday, but, and then by Friday evening, it's it's making landfall in, in Louisiana or, yeah. or on course to. So they can snap up pretty quickly, which makes them like, one of one of the most defining things about the southeast is just how quickly you can go from just this blindingly hot 90 degree days to just torrential downpours for a week see i I was thinking about this on the way to class i was like do i prefer the 95 degree beating sun while walking to class or do i prefer getting beat by the rain so i'm gonna pose that question to y'all what what do you prefer walking to class and what well, we walked in this morning. No, absolutely. The, the heat. heat, 100%. Okay. I was wondering, some people hate that. I, yes. People can't I, stand it. Most people have never been wet for extended periods right. of time. It's the worst. My feet are still soaked right now. I After class, my class got out early. I was like, okay, am I going to go to the studio early, or am I going to go home and change shoes? And I decided to go home and change shoes and get breakfast. So All right, yeah, fair enough. That's, that's what I'm saying is that. Some people are just, they hate the sweat stains on their, like, from the backpack straps or whatever. I'm Come on, that, that uh, cool. grow up. Who Five cares? minutes. That dries. But yeah. I cannot stand walking in soaked socks. Oh. I'll, Which I'll be doing all day. We do that. I mean, yeah, I, I wore, my, I wore my, my duck boots to walk here. I've been changed into my tennis shoes once I got here. So yeah. I, I planned ahead. I made a plan because I, I know there is nothing worse than dealing with, with uh, wet socks all day. My pants got pretty thoroughly soaked on the way here, but they've dried off pretty comfortably so you know we're dealing with it we're overcoming adversity <laughs> improvise adapt overcome all, all thirty thousand students are hopefully going to make yeah. it through today including the four thousand that have yet to put their tiger card in their apple wallet right and uh so yeah did you did you see that that press release from the university okay i mean there's got to be some kids that just don't have the have a phone or don't or a, have a, a need for it yeah, i mean right i mean i I hate this decision. I'm going to be honest. I just hate it. Yeah. I think it's too. ridiculous because why do we have to go get the new card if we're just not going to use it? What's the point? I was, if I didn't have such a good opportunity where I was already in FOIA and there was no line, I doubt I would have ever gotten that new card. I haven't gotten the card. And I, I really don't. I'm not going to go out of my way to get it. I only have it on my wallet because it took like three seconds and they said I couldn't get into the football games without yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So I haven't gotten the new Tiger card and I, I don't know if I am honestly at least not for a little bit yeah but just, just the way it was phrased that four thousand tiger cards need to be provisioned by the first football game uh, it, it's phrased in such a way that the football game isn't happening unless you yeah i'm pretty sure you could honestly so when i picked up away tickets alex Houston, other sports director he his phone wouldn't work it wouldn't scan like he was putting on the scanner and they were like oh it's not working or whatever so he there's like, okay just use your tiger card why can't we do that for football games? Why can't we do that for everything else that you're going to require us to use our phones for? Well, because I think I think you can, quote unquote. But I think the thing is, is that they don't want you. It's, yeah, it's harder okay. to give your phone to somebody than yeah, I especially with Apple Wallet and Touch ID, and I think they just want another layer, a blanket of security on top of it. I guess. I guess you know, <laughs> universities go to university. It's a little just. It's it's just. It's a little frustrating to me, all of us, in our last year to have to completely relearn the whole the whole system. I feel like I think it'd be just kind of funny if the, they just didn't work at all on Saturday and they just had to let everyone in. 
they just don't have their entire card or anything. They're just like, okay, yeah. Like, like at the basketball games when the card reader doesn't yes, work. Yes, precisely. You know, you're already here. Yeah, come on in. I'm bothered. Hey, I was I was gonna get mad, and now I'm mad. That's why you. That's why I get you on here because I, I know get, Jacob's guaranteed for one getting mad segment. <laughs> Alex is here to complain. You're here to get mad. Yeah. It's, it's a nice dichotomy we have in the sports department here at WGL. <laughs> All right. Unless you guys have any other final thoughts regarding anything we've talked about today, including Auburn depth chart. Atlanta Braves baseball, Cam Newton getting cut. We talked about the depth chart for a long time. If you want to go find the podcast, wherever you may get your podcast and listen to me, Davis, and Chris talk about the Auburn depth chart. We also took a look at Davis's cool thrift store shirt with Heinz Word on it. And uh, I don't know. Hilarity ensued. We talked about getting wet a lot this morning as we all got wet on the way into the studio. But that is going to do it for us here on Compact Discourse. So I want to thank you all so much for listening to this exciting episode of CD right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. However you joined us today, whether that be from your radio antenna, WEGLFM.com, or by listening to the podcast, we would like to remind you that all of our previous episodes are available commercial-free wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Compact Discourse. Be sure to follow us at Twitter at CDiscAU. That's CDiscAU for links to the podcast, important information about the show, and to get your voice on the show. We are Auburn's only student-run morning show. You might want to go ahead and follow WEGL on Twitter and Instagram at WEGL underscore AU. That's WEGL underscore AU. Our dedicated team of marketing professionals work tirelessly to bring you great content. And with that, for Jack Hart, Jacob Hillman, Chris Tobias, and Davis Carroll, this has been another exciting episode of Compact Discourse. We will talk at you tomorrow. Have a great rest of your final day of August. This is Jack Hart signing off. And as always, War Eagle. Hello there.